on this episode of In The Rack Podcast. And you're right. The, those chain um, clinics, they, um, the ones that are kind of, you see them at every corner almost, they're like a Dunkin' Donuts. They, they breed mediocrity. And the, the mediocrity comes comes in the form of for the patient's care. And then sometimes, like you said, people some people need that. But also at some point, you could be the best. What you got? In the Rack Podcast, where we provide you with a practical framework for breaking PRs in all facets of health and wellness. We are just a couple of bros giving you the simple hows in a world of complex wants. No filters, no scripts, no rules, just straight talk. Talk to them. Now, let's get into the rack with your hosts, Dr. Chad and Dr. Nick. All right, everyone, welcome to another episode in the Rack Podcast. I am your host, Chad, and with me is my co-host and fellow physical therapist, Nick. Um, I've been looking at other ways to kind of preface this. Um, we're going to probably have to change it anyways soon, uh, but Nick may not be the co-host for much longer. I mean, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Uh, and I'm only saying this for two reasons. One is I'm being shaded by my employees. Uh, the second reason is, the second reason is, is everybody needs to go read Nick's latest blog post. Cause if you haven't read Nick's latest blog post, he clearly states that he is now not only the face of Proform, but Taylor runs the show, Carissa's the fan favorite. And just the other day, just the other day, Taylor got busted and said that Nick is the biggest asset in the, the company. She did say <laughs> the biggest it. asset in the company. She did say that. She did say that. So yeah. um, So welcome to my podcast. So welcome everybody. to Nick's podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, so basically all I'm saying is I can see the writing on the wall. Uh, but no, I joke about this. I know Nick's been here for a while. And uh, I think it's a great testament to the employees that we have here. I mean, I think it's a good thing. It means I hired the right people, right? Um, I think every everybody's enjoying themselves and uh I'm getting replaced, and I'm cool with that. I'm cool with that. <laughs> no, uh, no, you can't be replaced, man. You can't be replaced. Oh, oh, and and Nick said I just I just own the place. That's that's what he said. So which uh, which is true, which is true, which is but, a big deal. I, I, it's a big deal. <laughs> I know, dude. I know, I know. But seriously, check that. Hey, I'm pointing to the camera. You got me, K Dog. Um, check that blog out. It's it's it some, actually is a good blog some, post. It's some good stuff that yeah. we're getting into it at Proform. So check it out, and then if you're like, man, this is really cool, give us a call. Yeah. And speaking of hiring the right people, we've got our new PT here, Hayden, Hayden Gray. And uh, he's a new PT and we just hired him this week and he's actually going to be starting next week. So um, it's going to be sweet. We're looking forward to that. And we have him on the podcast today to not only welcome him to the team, but to the podcast. Um, but we want to kind of pick Hayden's brain because he just graduated from PT school. So uh, we want to talk a little bit about that. We want to talk about a little bit about his clinical experience as well as, you know, uh, his experience through PT school and how PT school has maybe changed since we've been in PT school. So Hayden, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, man? Yeah. First of all, thanks for having me on. Yeah. And thanks for having me on the team. I'm super excited and can't wait to get going. So I graduated from undergrad in 2020 from UMass Amherst. I was on the track and field team as a sprinter. Following undergrad, I went right into PT school at MCPHS University, where I started in kind of a hybrid model because of COVID. So our labs were in person, but the majority of our classes were online. In my second year, we switched to fully in person, which was great because then we kind of got to 
meet more people and get more involved. And then this last year I was on my clinical rotations and was able to move through those. And it was a great experience for me. And I'm looking forward to moving on and graduating in May. Nice, man. That's awesome. That's awesome. So let's let's go back. To, I want to start at the beginning, man. So in only in person for labs. Yeah. That's kind of it's kind of interesting. That is interesting. Yeah. Only yeah. in person for labs just because of COVID. Like we, yeah, when, yeah. when I started, it was like right when COVID was hitting. So yeah. they wanted to kind of keep us in small groups and they split us into people who lived on campus and then also people who were commuting. So I was in the commuter group because I was living at home. So there was just a group of four of us and we would just meet for labs and we would just stay within that group of four, which was good just to kind of minimize the risk at the time. But it was nice because one, I got to know those people really well. And they ended up being some of my close friends. But two, you kind of get to know them and how they work. So it was like a good kind of team environment. Yeah, nice. But it was good. Interesting. How did they do? This is just random. How did they do tests and stuff like that? Did you have to go in for tests? or were Not they like in online? my first year. It was so Zoom? we were online. No, it wasn't wow. Zoom. They, we did a, uh, it's called ExamSoft. So it actually locks your screen in and, and films uh, you. And it does wow. kind of like the eye tracking and you wow. can't exit no your kid. browser or anything like that. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, I'm yeah, actually wow. kind of glad I'm not in school now. Wow. That would have, I think that would have stressed me out more than in totally. It was tough because, right? I mean, I had two dogs who would just like yeah. bark all the yeah, time. Yeah, I'd be yeah. taking the exam and like yeah. it, it, uh, it like tracked noise. So like you'd get a flag if there was yeah. too much noise oh, no or if you were like oh, moving wow. too much. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. That's crazy. That's, well, that's way more stressful, I feel like. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it was, sure. it was kind of brutal. Like, yeah. honestly, like sometimes, like, obviously with like wi-fi with people walking in oh, and out yeah, of your yeah, house yeah, and all yeah, that yeah, like yeah. things go out and like things like yeah. you'd have to email your professor and like get a new code to log in and it was just kind of wow that's, it was tough yeah, yeah. that's way more stressful yeah no that's so that's how many kids you have in your class there's 40 of us this how many yeah. so how many kids did you start with in your first year and how many kids are you finishing with this so year? we started with 40 and i think we have about 33 four oh that's left. pretty good actually i think that was yeah. about what ours was oh really what ours Man, was, i yeah. think we started at like 32 or 35 and i think we finished with like 18 wow yeah wow yeah, i think yeah. we, start, we yeah. started wow. at 45 i know we started at 45 and i think we graduated i think it was 39 but i can't remember i can't remember the exact number so like yeah like the six but yeah how did how did you feel that pt school prepared you for and i know you really haven't kind of like been out quote unquote yet but uh in terms of like your clinicals, how do you feel like PT school prepared you to kind of go out and start treating patients yeah. in, in your clinicals? I actually had this conversation with somebody, I think yesterday, maybe. Um, I think PT school actually prepared me fairly well. Like I actually felt confident, like within like we had a pro bono clinic at school. So we kind of got we're able to get like hands on experience right away. So that was kind of like a benefit, like where we could apply learn knowledge in there, like right after we learned it, which was cool. So I think that kind of like that, that model of being able to apply the learn knowledge, like immediately throughout your first, second and third year kind of helps like solidify oh, cool. information. So I would say it prepared me pretty well. But did, did you find that your program prepared you better for one type of setting versus another? Yeah, you absolutely. Did. Outpatient. Outpatient. Sure. Yeah. yeah. That's interesting um, because I had the exact opposite experience as that. And, and I think that really all depends on who the director of your program is personally. Uh, the director of my program is very much into inpatient. Um, and so anytime that, you know, we had a bunch of clinical rotations on our sheet, like there were minimal outpatient orthopedics and a ton of inpatients. Yeah. I think a lot of times too, it depends on the, the, the recent history of the licensure exam ex as well. Because I remember when we were going through it, the, they just kept harping on like the, the, the past however many years 
have been very um, like inpatient oriented. Um, and that was kind of, so when I was um, in school, there was this big change where now the PTs were getting into the ER at the time. Prior to that, they weren't really there. So there was this influx of that. And with that whole thing coming up, I think they shifted gears on the licensure exam to say, oh, let's include more of this because now it's a thing. So they were getting more into like, you know, like ER, like red flags where it's like, why do I need to know this? You know, it's, and, but I mean, they do spend some time in the ER where you're, you're in there with trauma, trauma people and, and all that kind of stuff. So that was a big focus then. So I wonder if the exam has shifted to more outpatient. I think it, I, I mean, no based idea. off of like the material yeah. I'm seeing, like it kind of has, That's, like, yeah. I think the, yeah. like, we just kind of, I felt like where we were taught with acute care and like all like cardio palm and all that type of stuff. I feel like it kind of lacked a little bit. It gave us all the necessary information we need to know, but I felt like there was no practical application of it until we finally moved into our like inpatient rotation. I was in a hospital for my inpatient rotation where we were actually like in the ER, in the ICU, on the like med surge floor, on the cardiac floor. So like I was kind of all over that hospital. So I feel like with that experience, that kind of solidified more of the knowledge for me because I was charting and reviewing all day long and like monitoring their their lab values so that way i could kind of know them before i saw them and that kind of solidified it for me yeah i kind of like that they've shifted more towards outpatient honestly because i know pt in, in general started as a profession more so in the hospital right so it was more of a a an acute or inpatient type of thing um and but now we're seeing obviously a huge influx of people dealing with outpatient related issues you know or issues where they will be referred to outpatient physical therapy so i think that's a huge thing and the other thing is like when you go inpatient I don't want to call it simple, but in general, uh, the physical therapist is there to get you moving. Obviously, make sure you're safe doing that, but just get you up and moving because most people in that instance aren't aren't getting adequate, you know, enough movement. So the the rehab in those instances um, is a little bit less. There there might be complex comorbidities at play, but in terms of what you're doing from a rehab standpoint, it's a little bit more simplified than outpatient can be sometimes. You're trying to balance, oh, this person wants to get a better golf swing, but they also want to hike and they also want to do this. So now you're trying to kind of loop all that stuff in and, and get get them back into those types of activities as opposed to like, hey, we just need to walk. We, we need to get up and move. So yeah, I feel like when thing. you say simple or simplified, I feel like it's more there's less differential diagnosis kind of yeah. going on you already yeah. know why they're there yeah it's exactly. already been determined yeah. Yeah. uh you're just yeah, there simple is a tricky word yeah. there because people I get be it. like hey you're saying my job no i'm not <laughs> no every, and every but it's simple that's the, that's yeah. also the beauty of physical therapy right like yeah. it's nice that we have a million different subspecialties within the profession so that it gives people multiple different options uh again we're not saying that one is easier one is harder right but they all are necessary in the grand scheme of things um, but i will say that i've been in most of the settings and i will say that outpatient for sure is i think the most challenging uh in terms of differential diagnosis not challenging working with certain patients because i know that that some patients can be very hard to deal with in the hospital settings well. well just think about too inpatient i mean all of us spent time there you're you're meeting typically with the nurses doctors like at some point about this person's plan of care so everyone's kind of on the same page so you have all these other providers that have a different lens and how they look at it. So you're getting all this information about this one person. So the amount of information you get about that person is insane in the hospital, right? It's so much. Like you take so much time looking through all that stuff. Outpatient, we know all the time people leave stuff out. Like they, they're like, oh, actually, I forgot to tell you, like I'm also, 
you know, I had this crazy major surgery last year. I totally forgot, you know, right. like we get that all the time here. Like people just totally, absolutely admit stuff, and, yeah. you know, it's and like, I it, feel like with direct access yeah. changing now too, like where yeah. people can just come in and see you right for sure. the street, for sure. like you really kind of have to know what you're dealing with and yeah. how to assess and treat. Do they, sure. do they talk about direct access and do they talk about like the profession of physical therapy besides what you need to know for the boards when you're in school? Yeah, actually, I mean, it was more of like open conversation stuff. Sure. I feel like that would maybe branch off of what we were yeah. talking about. And a lot of our professors, you know, they'd really drill something home because they'd be like, well, you guys need to know this because direct access is a big thing. Now people are coming into the clinic with no referral. Like you need to kind of know what you're doing. So I guess kind of in that sense, yeah, they talked about that, but there was also like other, other things unrelated to like, just like, like let's say burnout for example like we'd go off on tangent about burnout we'd talk about other things like related in the clinic that just aren't related to the board's exam which i thought was like that's kind awesome of useful in some senses yeah dude i i definitely didn't get that when i and i graduated like 15 years ago so i mean i know lots have changed since then but we had this one professor i remember and he was it was in rhode island that's where i went to school and he was on the board of physical therapy at rhode island and uh, on the Rhode Island chapter of, of APTA, and he would be t- he'd spend like 15 minutes before we went to, like into the actual curriculum and talk about what the last you know meeting was about, right? You know, because yeah. all that stuff affects us, you know. Yeah. And man, my director did not like that, and he ended up losing his job like within probably two years after that. And he had, I mean, he was well established, like he was a PT for over 30 years at that point in time, you know. So, um. I'm glad that they're doing that because it needs to happen, number one. But number two, it's also nice when they can take other – so, for example, like if they take like a, an adjunct faculty, right? So somebody that's actually out in the field doing it, bring them in so that they can show people, hey, this is what's actually going on out there. That's always nice too. And not – because in my, in my experience, all of the professors, maybe minus one, had not been practicing for about at least 15 years, you know, out of the loop completely, zero idea, you know, um, which helped us no way. Like they were just by the book, you know, and uh, I'm glad that things have changed like that because things are changing with physical therapy. It's not what it used to be. It's not even close. And uh, you're seeing it just now, just from being here, but it's going to become more of a movement going forward where physical therapy is just not physical therapy anymore. Right? Like, Nick's diving into functional medicine, you know, we've, we do nutrition training, like it's all just under this big umbrella. Holistic, now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did, yeah. Did they, in school, did they talk about, uh, cash-based clinics at all with you guys? Not like in depth. We did take a course that kind of covered, it was more of like a, like I, I want to call it like an insurance. It was almost like an insurance yeah. course. I forget the yeah, name yeah. of the actual course, but we went over all of like, gotcha. I would, let's say like billing and coding gotcha. is what the, yeah, what, yeah, what the course yeah, was. Yeah. We dove into it a little bit in that class, okay. but not to an extent where like I knew 100% about it yeah, when I sure. was leaving that class. Sure. But yeah, yeah, they talked, they touched base on it, which was yeah. nice. Yeah. It was interesting. We had a couple of guys. So my buddy, Mike, he kind of always knew he wanted to be in a cash-based setting. He wanted, he didn't want to work at all in insurance-based. So right out of school, he kind of had a job lined up that was in a, in a gym. So it was a, a cash-based opportunity. So he was always asking questions related to that, and the professors were always so deterrent. They were like, "No, that's not, that's not a thing. That doesn't make sense. It's not going to work." Basically, is the way they would kind of shut it down. And he was just like it works. Like there's, there's plenty of people I know that I've talked to. And there was another person who um, was in my class that was in the same kind of the same mindset. So they would constantly ask questions about it. And at a certain point I kind of got like annoyed and I was like, guys, 
they've given you the same answer every time. Just stop asking the question. You know, like that's where my head went. But you know, they were they were ahead of their time for sure. And and at that time, the professors were were very, um, you know, they would just try to shut it down, kind of sway you against it. And I think it was more so they just didn't know, um, which I, I I you know if they didn't know whatever, but they could have also said that. So but yeah, they, no, that won't happen at that. Yeah, it won't <laughs> happen. It won't happen. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Totally. And that was not a thing when I was in school either. In fact, I was actually just talking to my first boss that I had when I graduated because he knows that we've transitioned our model completely. And um, he's like, man, we got to talk. So I talked to him <laughs> and he's like, but it's just not going to work in my area. I mean, you just don't understand my area. And I was like, no, I do understand your area. And I have three colleagues that are also in your area that are doing it. And I know they're crushing it. And he's like, uh, I don't know. I was like, it's just, it's just, you're not ready. You're just not ready. Like you've been out for too long and not to say that it, you can't do it, but you're so comfortable in the situation that you're in. It's going to be hard for you to make that transition because you don't know any other way. Um, and, and it's, I think it's just one of those things where there just needs to be more like social proof of people doing it, which there is becoming more for and sure, more of that. Sure. Yeah. Um, and as more and more proof comes out, then more and more people are going to start believing in, in the model, yeah. you know? Um, so. Same idea in, in March March Madness. It's just pertinent in my brain, guys. Um, but the it, you know upsets always kind of happen, but never did a high seed go all that far. And then it did happen. And once it happened, all the other seeds were like, "Damn, we can actually go to the Elite Eight. That's pretty cool. We can go to the Final Four. And now we see it all the time. We see these double digit seeds going to the Final Four. And it's like as soon as it happened once, there's the belief. Right. Boom. Now now yeah, people absolutely. have the yeah. belief. You know, so that 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 mental component's huge. You know, that's gonna it's it's gonna be a, you know, it it could make or break where the future of your business goes. That's For why sure. we need you as the owner, Chad. I know, I know. That's why I'm here. I'm not going anywhere. Yeah, I know. That, <laughs> I just you might got not that, be here. You got that growth mindset. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you might be in the office or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wherever the business owners do their thing. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair that's fair the only guy with an office here. <laughs> so Hayden in in terms of we, we kind of touched on your your college background your experience in PT school let's talk a little bit about the clinical experiences that you've had so um, dive in a little bit in terms of the different I know what do you have to do three clinicals three clinicals yeah. yep. so in in those three clinicals like what different settings were you in like what were the experiences like, whether it be with your CI, whether it be in the environment, culture, that kind of stuff? Yeah. So like you said, I do three clinical rotations. My first rotation was just an outpatient clinic in another town around here. My second was in a hospital setting, um, a very small hospital called Haywood Hospital in Gardner, Mass. And then my third was in South Carolina at Carolina uh, Sports Medicine and PT. All of them I took away like a lot of information from. Like I think starting out at a general outpatient clinic was a great introduction to like what physical therapists in that field do. Um, it kind of also opened my eyes into like how that setting can get super busy and super crazy and you have patients every half hour. Um, and it takes a lot of like planning and like moving around to get people in and out of the door there. Um, you kind of have to be efficient with your plan of care, which I think is great, but it felt like I was rushing almost to get my patients in and out which i just didn't appreciate and that was like sure. a good takeaway for sure. me because i knew immediately after that rotation that that was just not what i wanted to do i knew i wanted to work one-on-one -on -one with people for longer durations my second clinical rotation was cool like it was in a small hospital um acute care like i was on like i said earlier i was on the like almost all of the floors in the hospital which was a great experience but i also knew that that wasn't the setting i truly wanted to go into just because 
it's a lot. Like they don't teach you like that when you go into those places in PT school, that was one of the things I felt unprepared with was like the, the people who are in there are like very sick. Like they're the sickest they've ever been most likely. And having to deal with that is, is difficult. Like it takes a toll on you kind of. So I knew immediately after that when I was like, yeah, I just, this is not setting for me. <laughs> and then my third was in a private practice. It was a great experience. Like my CI was, was great. Like she was very knowledgeable, probably one of the most knowledgeable instructors I had, which was a, which was great. She taught me like, taught me a lot, but like I said a couple of times, like threw me to the wolves, mm-hmm. which was yeah. like, yeah. which was a good learning experience, sure. but it kind of makes you uncomfortable. It makes totally. you uncomfortable sometimes. Yep. And like when you go into something and you don't know about it, like you feel like, all right, what I'm doing isn't effective, but at the same time, like you're learning and you need to realize that. So. I think there's like pros and cons to that to that type of situation. And I think that the pro is, hey, you need to know what it feels like to be uncomfortable because you're mm-hmm. going to be in those situations for right. sure. So you don't want it to ever be your first time. Like, like for example, here, like you're not going to ever feel uncomfortable because you already know what that feels like, right? Um, but I also say shame on the CI for doing that, you know, because I know a lot of uh, students in the past and even myself, I've, I've had one, I had one bad experience. I had one great mentor that was an amazing CI and I'll never forget his, you know, his value, but it's one of those deals where they utilize you as an extra pair of hands. And that's, that should not even be fucking allowed. That's, that's, that's just shit. Um, and I think that needs to stop, you know, and I think that whoever's doing that and the program starts to realize that they need to take that shit off the list because, that does nothing for the profession. It does nothing for the students going through the process, except for it just utilizes you in an already busy PT mill, and they're just trying to get a little extra money out of you, you know. And I think that's yeah. crap. So it's a free work, free worker, totally, yeah. And and for any CI that's doing that, either stop or just stop taking students. That's just that's not cool. Yeah, there were some um, times where you definitely feel like that that's going on. Dude, like, it is. Luckily, it is going on. I feel like luckily yeah. for me, like I don't. It doesn't like I, I can. Like, I don't care. Like, it doesn't bother me that much. Like, you know what I mean? But, like, I also understand, like, and I I never, like, would probably never vocalize it. Like, if I felt like I was being taken advantage of, like, especially there. Like, I'm I'm there to do my job. I'm there to get in and out of there and get my clinical rotations over with. But at the same time, you know, it does, like, you do realize it and you recognize it. And it's just kind of, like, one of those things. I'm sure I'm not the only person who's ever had to deal with that kind of. Um, And you won't be the last, unfortunately. But I also like the fact that you were in a busy place because it does give you appreciation for the other side um, because you know what it's like to see all these patients and you're like, man, what did I even go to school for? You know, you can't even utilize your skills because you don't have the time to do that, you know? Um, so it's good. It's good thing and a bad thing. You know, like you said, take your, take your, your lessons learned and, you know, be able to apply them going forward. Right. So, yeah, um, I had a conversation with one of my friends the other day about just, um, like I said, there's an absolute need for those outpatient clinics. Like there's 100 because 100% people, like some people need that. Some people just need to move and some people need a plan of care that's consistent. It's not going to change much. Um, I think it's super important. But for me, like, I felt like I almost fell into that trap of, like, doing the same thing over and over and over and over again without, like, any type of appropriate progression or without changing the overload or anything like that. Because, like, in my mind, I know that those things, like, are scientifically backed and they're going to help my patient get better. But at the same time, like, I fell into that, like, almost like a, like a black hole. That's what we called it. Like, the black hole of, like, just going over and over and over. But I physically, like, couldn't 
stay on top of everything if I didn't do that. Um, but once again, I think it's super important. Yeah. yeah. And you're right. The, those chain um, clinics, the, um, the ones that are kind of, you see them at every corner almost, they're like a Dunkin' Donuts. Um, they breed, <laughs> medioc- actually they, they breed <laughs> mediocrity and the, the mediocrity yeah. comes, comes yeah. in the form of for the patient's care. And then sometimes, like you said, people, some people need that, but also at some point you could be the best, you know, hands-on, like the, 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 the most, the kind of quickest thinker physical therapist, but at some point it's going to breed mediocrity for you because you're just too busy. Right. And we see that all the time and it works for some people. Like I had some people in my class that, that you could tell. That's just what they wanted. They didn't. They they had no aspirations to to be better. They just wanted to be sufficient. I don't want to hurt anybody, and I just want to kind of do my nine to five and then go home. And um, they had other aspirations in life, which is great. That's for that's for certain people, but they had no, they they had no extra drive to then be above mediocre. You know, they they just were fine being average, and that's that's totally fine. But you're right that that's what it's going to drive. It's going to drive that mediocrity. So. Um, you know, I think it's important for patients to understand that too, because if that's, that's where you're going just know that, yeah, you're probably going to get better. Um, it might take a little bit longer, but you know, you're, you're going to get, um, you know, they, the, ideally you're going to get, you know, the, at least the minimal effective dose. So something that is effective, sometimes you won't, unfortunately, but, uh, you, you are going to get usually the bare minimum because that's all people have time for in that setting, unfortunately, but, um, the other thing I love that you were talking about with the, you, you, you knew you didn't want to be inpatient acute care, but you still love that rotation. And I kind of had the same experience. I was dreading it going into it, but ended up loving it. And one of the biggest things was, um, the communication piece in, in terms of interacting with so many different providers, you know, even just like going up to, um, we all in, in, in the U S especially we put, um, you know, like the doctors and the surgeons on a pedestal, you know, and, and, part of that is because you can't get face-to-face time with them but in that setting you can you know it's like everyone wants to talk to the doctor right and the doctor is like in and out and then they got all these questions for the pa for the nurse whatever and it's because they're so busy too and and whatever we've talked about that on numerous podcasts but in that setting as a pt like sometimes the doctor comes up to you and you're like whoa they actually know who i am you know and, and so that communication piece and developing those skills is i think it's super beneficial um, for young young PTs without it. Yeah, I definitely yeah. do. I think it like yeah. like you just said, like we the communication piece was huge. Like we actually were such a small hospital where like we'd go to rounds with the docs every single day. So we actually saw them face to face. And if they wanted us to see somebody, like we'd have a referral. We'd not we'd have a like we'd have an order right yeah. when we walked into our office yeah, after sure. that. Yeah. And it was cool. It was just like that relationship was really nice. And like you also learned a ton. Like I learned a ton on that rotation. That helped me out like in any type of setting i feel like just like moving around help like getting patients up and everything like being safe i think just helped me a ton without a doubt without a doubt yeah for sure yeah i think i had i had one inpatient experience and it was only because and i took it and i i in the end i probably shouldn't have taken it and it was it was only because nobody else wanted to take it it was at uh, beth israel and my um what do they call it acce or something yeah yeah, whatever it is yeah um the one that pretty much sets up all the clinicals she was like, hey, we just established this. Somebody has to take it. Nobody's taking it. And I'm like, I'll take it. So I took it. And only because, like, I mean, I could take the train in, whatever. Like, it was, you know, I lived at home for that. Yeah. And uh, <clears throat> it was very difficult to kind of work in a huge hospital like that. And it's like you have a west and an east and a south and a north. And I'm like, God damn. And then you've got, like, patients, like you said, you know. It's not even the sickness. It's like, man, what do I, nobody taught me how to like disconnect this. Where do I put this line? Where do I yeah. put that line? I'm like, 
how do I walk with this patient with all this shit, right? And it's um, you get there, and I'm with a bunch of like Northeastern kids and Simmons kids, and they're in these co-ops. They've been there for months, and they're just like, bro, you don't even know what you do. I'm like, no, I have no fucking clue. Can you help? <laughs> like, yeah. you know what I mean? So, right. and and when all was said and done, my CI was like, you really haven't been in a setting like this before. I'm like, no. And I'm like, nobody prepared me for this. So <laughs> I don't know if we still have, I don't even know if you or I still has that connection, but yeah. probably after me, they probably you just got can't it, replicate but... it in a lab. No. Like, at, yeah. At school, you just can't replicate it. Like we, we got somebody up and out of bed in the ICU and they were fully vented, like and intubated, which was like the craziest thing ever. Like they can't talk to you. They can't do anything. Like they're so, there's so many wires. Like we had the respiratory therapist in, we had the nurses and then I was like, I was in there with the other PT. So like there was four of us just like getting this patient up and out of bed, like just because like that's what the doctor ordered. So like, it was really cool. But like in terms of like organizing everything, it takes 10 minutes just to get everything on the right side of the bed before you even move them, which is just crazy. And you can't totally. do that in school. A thousand percent. You can't do it, it in speaks school. speaks volumes yeah. to, the, to the nurses in our world. They're oh yeah, some wow. of these nurses. Oh, that like, absolutely. They're like, oh no, I already got already got so and so up. And you're like, wait, what? Yeah, yeah. Just did all that? <laughs> yep. They're yeah, like, you yep. know, they, they, it's it's kind of crazy. Some of the the you know the capabilities they have from from their experiences, it's wild. Yeah, 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 it's great. So you you um you saw all your experiences there, and you've you've come here. Like, what what was the defining moment for you? Being like, hey, you know what, Proform looks like a really cool spot. Um, you know, I want to go like, I want to, you know, further my experience here. Like what was the, uh, what was, what, what's, what sold you on that? So I reached out to Nick just cause yeah. I knew, I knew of you guys yep. from family and stuff yep. like that. So I reached out to Nick and Nick and I were about to set up a conversation. I think Nick had actually told me that you guys were looking to hire. Right. But when I talked to Nick and Nick and I had that conversation about like what Proform does, sure. what you guys stand for, your values and everything. Like I felt like it really aligned with what I also value. So like, I, I felt like the culture was just like a perfect match. And then even coming in here and seeing you guys work, seeing the work you guys do, um, like how you guys design and structure a plan of care. I just think yeah. that it's like really great and i think you guys care a lot and for sure i think i wanted to be a, in a place like that yeah. where people care about their patients yeah and want to provide high quality care but like i said before especially it was like the culture and the values like that you guys both have i was i was like set like sold after i had talked to you both that that was where for i wanted sure. to be at yeah dude culture is huge man it's it's huge it should be huge everywhere but like not everybody focuses the attention on that and it's funny <clears throat> we interviewed a few people right and you know every I would say kid because they were every kid that came in, it was like some would just stand there. Some wouldn't even socialize. Some would socialize, but then just stand there, you know? And I remember I pulled you in at the interview and I said, do you know what moment actually sealed the deal for me for you? And you're like, I don't know, man, just kind of trying to help out. And I'm like, yeah, dude, you fucking helped out. Like you literally were helping by cleaning the tools and cleaning the tables. It's like, I know that's not like a big deal to some people, but for me, that's a huge deal because it means that you're willing to do anything to help out the team. And meanwhile, all the other interviewees that we had, they would just stand there. You know, one kid was like, yo, I got to leave early. And I'm like, okay. Yeah. You know, <laughs> one kid didn't even get back to us because he was too busy getting stuck at the final four. So it's like, you know what I mean? It's like, I, I feel like if you want it bad enough, like show me you want it, you know? Yeah, hundred um, percent. And it, and for you, it was like effortless. It was like, just, came natural. I just going to clean the table because it looked like it was dirty. You know what I mean? And and that's that's what we need a team player, you know? And it's it's so hard to come by and when you find it you're like this is the guy, you know? So for anybody that's listening to this and you go on any interviews, this keep this in mind. Like it's the little things that matter. Yeah, and it's just the like those type of things too. It's just like 
pe- like people should just want to do those things. Like it's not like it just <laughs> you say that it's true. I know, and I agree. With you. It's just one of those things. Like you just have to like you have to want to do. It shouldn't even be. It's not a chore. Like it's nothing you should like have to think about doing. Just go ahead and do it. Like that's yeah. kind of it's yeah. the way. It's it the essence of being a nice person. Yeah, right? Right. and that's and that's like step one. It, whenever you're in a um, in a position like a physical therapist or anyone in in healthcare, that's that's your goal is to help people. Like just be genuinely cared like that's that's number one and a lot of times things will things will work themselves out over time you know you you troubleshoot things and, and all that kind of stuff on the way but like you got to be genuine and care and that's you know one of the biggest reasons like chad was saying that we 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 went with you because it was just like yeah this 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 person cares and that's that's important for any of our like patients or, or even prospective patients clients that that may listen that um we had this problem in the past when when i when chad first hired me um, six years ago, like people knew Chad in the area. So they'd call and they'd be like, Oh man, like I, I heard about Chad. I want to see Chad. I don't want to see this kid, Nick. He doesn't know what he's doing. And it's like, but as much as I didn't have as much experience as Chad, the, the care was there, you know, like I wanted to help people and, and I was genuine about that. At least I think I was. Um, so, uh, <laughs> no, you were no. So that's, that's the most important part. So anyone listening, like, yeah, Hayden's graduating in May, but just because he doesn't have as much hands-on experience as us, like the dude genuinely cares about you and you getting better. So it's, it's going to work out. We promise you. And he's going to be able to bounce things off Chad, Chad and I all the time. So if he is maybe struggling with, with where to go next in your rehab, like we're all, we're all here to help. So it's not, it's not the type of thing like, oh, I don't know if I want to go with Hayden. He's so young. He's running high school. He has, he had these weird clinical experiences that don't make <laughs> sense to me. No, it's all going to be good. So, uh, people shouldn't worry about that. Nah, and we yeah. wouldn't hire anybody that yeah. we didn't think wasn't going to exactly. be not only yeah. a good clinician, but yeah. a good fit culturally, because yeah. I always tell people, and I told you this too, when I, when I, when I saw you the other day, I, it's like, we can always make you a better clinician, but I can't make you a better person. Like you, you, that's just genuine, you know? Um, and there's just so many good clinicians out there that are just bad people. Um, <laughs> And, and it's unfortunate too, because they could help so many more people. Um, and it's, and it's, it goes beyond the fact that you're just like nice. It's like you were saying, Nick, it's like the genuinely I care. You could say, oh, well, to go and treat an ACL, this is what we do. It's like nobody, nobody cares, right? But like if you can relay it to the patient and the patient can have a, a part in the care, then it works even that much better, right? Um, but if you can't relay that information and you're just so damn smart, but you like could care less about, the patient you just want to you know just do your job and just be known for getting people better then it's not going to work you know and i feel like i don't know maybe it's shifting i hope it is because i know when i graduated the whole dpt thing was just coming out and it was like i think i was in like the third graduating class at uri and i think even before like some some schools were still offering masters at the time so um when people got that it was like this big ego trip you know it was like oh i'm doctor this i'm doctor that you know and and even now we get people like what do you want me to call you it's like just call me chad it's cool um and some people are just like well i'm still gonna call you like some people still come in chad dr nick it's fine you can do that you know um but i feel like people kind of get this ego trip and I think it's been a blessing and a curse. Like I know the profession has to move forward that way, but it's also really kind of, it's almost like demonizing or bastardizing somebody's kid being like, ah, oh, yeah, I think I'm just all that shit. And it's like, you're not though. You're fucking not. So um, I think we all kind of need to get a reality check and just realize that, hey, we're just here to help you. You know what I mean? And it's Hayden, Chad, Nick. And if you want to throw the doctor in there, go right. for it. You know? And like, like you said earlier, like, 
people need to know how much you care. Like before, like they don't they don't give a shit how much no. you know. No. They don't care at all. No. Like they no. need to know that you care about That's them right. and like how like like not even like people people's all like also say I was at that the Mike Boyle seminar last week and he was just saying he's like, Yeah, he's like some people keep coming to me. He's like, I can tell you they're not getting better. That's but right. they just know I care about them That's and right. I'm trying my best and they're gonna keep coming to see me. I mean, that's, that's right. not obviously ideal. Like we want to make our patients yeah, better. Of course. But they just know how much people like if they appreciate you and how much you care, then like they're gonna keep coming back to you. Like, Do you know how many yeah. people come to us and they were better months ago? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But they still come because <laughs> right. they just like the environment. Right. And it's like preventative at that point, right? And we can do that, right? Um, but I, I think that that's all part of the quote-unquote customer experience. And to say that, you know, yes, it's healthcare, but it's also a business. Like to say that, oh, it's healthcare. Yeah, but it's also sales. It's just what it is, you know? And at the end of the day, we have to be able to show patients like, not sell them, but like convince them this, hey, this is this is how we can help you. Like show them the value that we're providing. And I think that kind of gets missed in the whole grand scheme of things, you know? And I think that's that's why, you know, it just is they, the way it is. They, they leave you know? here feeling better. And that's one of yeah. my big qualms with the healthcare system is we put all these, the, the eggs in the objective basket, like, oh, did this scale improve? Did this assessment yeah. improve? And it's yeah. like, well, hold up. Let's just take a step back for a second. Do they feel better? Like, do, do they feel like right. they're doing better? Because that's huge in my book. Like, that's number one. Like, that's going to be the first question. And if it's yes, it's like, all right, cool. Like, and they're like, well, it, it, did my did my knee range improve? I'm like, I, I mean, I'll check it. But you just said you feel better. <laughs> so, like, I mean, we'll keep doing what we're doing. Yeah. And, and I think that's, you'll the, keep feeling that's one of the biggest reasons why we yeah. went to this model. Like, yeah, I mean, you know, with insurance, you have to do your LEFSs and your, what are the, uh, modified oh, Oswestries. Oswestries. You forgot yeah. all of them. I don't even remember them all now. <laughs> dash. Yeah. Quick dash. Yeah. Okay, let's make this quicker. Um, yeah. So it's like we have all these in place, yet they don't mean shit to us, and the patients could care less too, you know? And sometimes the patients don't even know how to scale they hate them. Filling it out it's too. so subjective and it's yeah. such a waste of time. My favorite. My um, favorite is the LEFS when people are like, oh, yeah, no, it hurts to, like – walk from one room to the other, but I can run and make sure <laughs> yeah. it turns fine. Yeah, no, pain, yeah. no pain at all. It's like, you clearly didn't yeah. read it. Yeah, yeah we, can, we can go on a tangent for hours about that. You clearly didn't read it. Um, yeah, we did so many of them at my last rotation, like, it, and like, they hated filling them out. It's just one of those things, like, oh, I really have to fill this thing out today. I'm like, so dumb. You know, now they're trying to make it all electronic. Like, nobody cares. It's the same shit, man. And at the end of the day, like, like Nick said, it's, that's not the scale that we use anymore. It's really not. You know, do you feel better? Great. See you next week. You know what I mean? It's like, we don't need to have you fill out all this crap because we're not required to. You know, we don't have to say, oh, well, you scored five points more. So hopefully we can justify two more visits for that. We don't have to play that stupid game no more. Um, and that's the best part. Yeah. At the end of the day, yeah. we just made it yeah. all up. Yeah. Like in, in all reality, like yeah. all those scales, like, yeah, they're studied, but we still just made it all up. Right. So like the goal is to, to help people feel but when did those like studies come out, Nick? I mean, you know, <laughs> you know your research. Seventies, maybe eighties. Yeah. Yeah. They've been around for thirty been, years. It hasn't yeah. been studied again. Dude, but that's what I mean. Studied, that's what know? I mean. No, but yeah, it, it, in general, it's it's. I was actually telling this to a student last summer. It was kind of funny because he was kind of stressing out about like, well, well, like, how do I know that this is right? And I'm like, dude, at the end, like, I was like, you know what? I, I see this is all stressing you out. You want to like do the exact right thing, but hey, we made it all up, man. Like we we made up. Like exercise is made up. Like as humans, we, we used to move and we used to like technically do the movements that are involved in exercise, but like exercise is made, we made it up. So it's like, as much as we're studying this stuff and seeing like, oh, this is beneficial, this is beneficial at the end of the day. 
we just made it all up. That's right. We made up our society, the structure of our society. It's all made up. Yep. Right. Like we invented all that. So like, yep. you know, it's just it always take a step back from things and, <laughs> and just look at. Um, Carissa just showed like me the LEFS 1999. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See what I mean? 99. Like, oh, 99. Been, oh, that's not that far ago, yeah, but when yeah. you think about it, it actually yeah, is. 25, 20, almost 25, 25, 25 years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was close, yeah. 30 years. And this is yeah. probably new. This is probably the newer version. Yeah. yeah. So that'll, that'll yeah, go dude, to the I mean, look at, look at these things. There's like, just so many more factors to. Oh, my gosh. Like, how like, does your patient walk into the room? How do they look when they come in and leave? Guys, no one, no one carries groceries anymore. Lifting an object like a bag of groceries, <laughs> you can get it delivered and then someone brings it in for you. So, like, a robot does that for you. I mean, squatting, who squats anymore? Jeez, come on. You know, like, you don't have to put your own socks and shoes on. You can train your dog to do it. <laughs> yeah. So, like, yeah, so it's ridiculous. <laughs> we made it all up. It is ridiculous, though. Um, but, yes, in a nutshell, that is the uh, – the the bonus of coming to a, a model like ours for sure uh, we don't we don't play those games and clearly you guys um, have seen on but we have some fun yeah it is fun anything you want to add Hayden in terms of like your experience you know previous to coming here whether it was through your clinicals or your your PT like college for, experience for sure yeah um I'll touch on two so I think one of the biggest experience so I had a great um. I want to call him a mentor throughout Kines- for throughout my program at UMass. Um, and he told me about Mike Boyles. He was like, hey, they do a summer internship. You should see if you can get the summer internship. So I applied. You have to make a, you had to make a video. You had to submit some stuff. So I did it, got the internship. And then I had the privilege of like working under Mike for a couple of groups and then working with some other really great coaches who are either still there or aren't there anymore. And then the next summer I went back and I was a full-time coach on the summer staff which was great like i learned so much from those guys we got to go to the perform better seminar and teach and everything and i really dove into what they were practicing there and what they were like doing with all their athletes and i think it helped me in terms of like identifying certain movement impairments and implementing progressions and regressions and just being a good coach and like knowing how to have like like knowing how to watch for things and knowing when something doesn't look right and how to modify it i think that really helped me out like throughout physical therapy school and even currently but prior to that i mean i i just want to like i think my athletic like endeavors at umass on the track and field team i think that also helps like kind of really shape me um, my junior and senior year i was a captain on the team so had a ton of responsibility managing like 50 or like we had like 50 guys on the team so there was a ton of us and you know like just talking to the coaches the directors getting us all organized um i think that kind of played a huge role as well like just from a discipline standpoint i think and like just how to work effectively and time manage as well yeah i love that and i i agree with you i mean we did mike i mean we've been to a few of his events but we did his winter seminar a little while ago too as well and we we definitely will jive better with that group like we've you know we've we've hung out with like you know kevin and all them you know for for years and and uh anytime we go to a conference 90 percent of the time it's usually like um training related yeah <laughs> not yeah. so much pt related yeah yeah it, that, that, it is it and that's just what it is related. Yeah. yeah yeah that's just what it is because it just jives more with our model um and we we feel that we um feel more at home in that environment versus like going to a pt conference even though APTA CSM is going to be in Boston this year. So I'm like, I did it. Yeah, next year. I, I, saw I may that. crash that. Year. Yeah. I may crash that. Yeah. So we'll see what happens. Because we're usually underdressed for the PT ones. That's why. Yeah, totally. <laughs> but we'll see what happens. I'm, I'm excited. I mean, they're, they're changing things a little bit, but I think the more like, like people like us go there and let them know that 
shit needs to change, then shit will change. Because otherwise, if we don't, then it's just going to keep going the way it's going. Um, so hopefully, hopefully that'll be better. But I agree with you, man. I think that I think that's great. I think that it does make you. I believe it makes you a better PT in the way that PT is going, um, just because PT and training is becoming more like united versus you know PT over here and training over here. Um, so I would agree with that for sure. Yeah, I mean, it just I, I feel like it just helped like kind of just identify and work with people like you know what i mean like i got like was supervising like groups of like anywhere from like 11 to 15 kids at some points so it's like you really have to be on on the ball at all times and like it's one of those things where you need to be able to deliver what you want done kind of in an effective way and i think that also just kind of helped me communicate with my patients like not even aside from just like what like that like training program looks like versus what i'll do with one of my patients here just the communication piece of like learning how to like simplify things and tell them how to do things like that was night and day for me just yeah like, i mean as a pt you're like a coach yeah. you know so yeah it doesn't really change you know the labels may be different that's about it you know um, but i wouldn't even that, say you you're like a coach you are a coach. yeah you're a coach yeah, yeah, you're a coach, coach for sure yeah. and you're a coach in many aspects right you could be a health coach. You could yeah. be a nutrition yeah. coach. You could be a strength yeah. coach. You yeah, could be, sure. you know what I mean? It's that's, that's the beauty of it. Yeah. Right? I think that's, the, that's honestly one of my favorite things about PT is like, you have so many different avenues that you can go and like you can bring in so many different resources to help your patients out. There's really like, there are some limits, but at least in our scope, there's really not a ton that we can't it's do. Really not, man. It's, yeah. it's wild. We yeah. were talking about the functional medicine stuff. We're like, this is in our scope. Yeah, it definitely is in our scope. You know what I mean? Um, dry kneeling. That's in our scope. I mean, you know, we didn't like take that away, but that was something that we earned. So it's, it's, uh, slowly it's getting, it's getting more and more diverse, which is, which is amazing. Yeah, for sure. Cool. Sweet, man. That's great. I think, I think that was a good conversation. Yeah. I think that was a good yeah. introduction for, for getting hated in here. Uh, I learned definitely a few things about him that I didn't know on the interview. So yeah. That's cool. I mean, <laughs> one of the coolest <laughs> things about Hayden he comes from, he's a sprinter. He was a sprinter in college. So everyone knows, or a lot of people know that. If you train with me, you're probably going to sprint in the nicer weather. And I am, well, I was a basketball player, and you know, you never get to, I mean, the science is pretty clear on it. The court's way too small. You never touch 100% speed. So I only started sprinting for the last couple of years. Hayden's going to make me faster now that he's here. <laughs> so I'm going to hold him to it. Um, he's going to make me less killable in this world. So <laughs> faster, Perfect. Less killable. Love it. Hayden's going to make me faster. But now you guys have a real sprinter to ch- to, to make you sprint at pro form. So if you're going to work with Hayden, watch out because his sprinting is probably going to be way more intense. Than or that. maybe he'll help yeah. make you bigger. I mean, you guys are wearing the same size shirt. I'm just saying. Uh, you guys are both <laughs> large. So just Dude, my goal, my <laughs> goal is to be less killable. So I need a good combination of <laughs> oh, muscle mass yeah. plus <laughs> the speed plus the agility. I need it all. I need to climb well. So we need a climber in here. So train me. I got you. I'm a terrible climber. So I got to be a better climber. <laughs> yeah, I'm, also, I'm faster. Like, no help there. I'm an yeah, awful so, climber well, as well. We need to, we need to get yeah. someone to help us. So we all need to be less killable. We all know Chad's the most killable right now. Totally. He's too dense. He's yes. too slow. He would uh, sink if we were in the water. Yes. He, yeah. So he's just. You can he's, catch me. Even though yep. he looks like he's less killable, he's actually the I'm most not. killable in here. Totally. Um, so. If we were living but, in, um, you know. Yeah. It, it depends. The prehistoric ages. It depends. Yeah. It depends. But like, yeah, he's. If, if Sabertooth Tiger's after us, he's caught yeah. because he can't move fast enough. He might be able to have a nice little hand, like hands-on com- hand-to-hand combat with it. Or hand a claw, hand a paw. I don't know. Um, combat with it, but he's still probably getting got by those by those large teeth. I'm quick um, enough to avoid uh, getting sick, though. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, I, <laughs> I, I, I'm telling you, if you are fat, the faster you are, the less sick you get. It's science. It's true. Um, the science is moving so fast that you can't read it, That's but it's right. out there. 
Um, yeah, the faster you are, viruses can't catch you. Um, so everyone's worried about it's this one particular virus. It's true. Be faster in this world. Yeah. Won't get sick as much. That's true. Um, but yeah, I, I'm excited to get faster. Um, try to catch this dude. Um, yeah, it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be fun. It's gonna be fun yeah. for K Dog we'll too. We'll get uh, and Taylor. We'll get Chad. Yeah, we'll you're gonna get. I haven't. I don't remember sprinting. the last time I'm sprinting. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna transition get, to long distance Taylor, after college. Taylor and I. Taylor and I. When the weather's nice, try to sprint twice a week right out front. So you're in, man. It's <laughs> yeah, gonna be fun. I'm in. <laughs> yeah, we'll try to catch you. It'll be great. I'll see you guys at two. Thank you for joining us in the rack this week. Make sure to subscribe so you don't miss out on any future episodes. You can also find us online at proformptma.com or on social media at proformptma. And remember, if you train inside the rack, you better be thinking outside the rack.